I've been incarcerated in Washington State's prison system 41 years now for murder I did not do. To this day, I've never been given an attorney to represent me in my trial or in my appeal or anything else. I was falsely convicted of two counts of aggravated murder. I've always told these people I did not kill anyone. When I demanded a fair trial, they went and got an attorney named James Lamont, who used to be a prosecuting attorney, to just sit next to me in court to work against me and work with the prosecutor to help the state convict me. But they couldn't convict me any other way because there was no evidence. There was no eyewitnesses to the crime. No murder weapon was ever found. There's no physical evidence but yet seen the crime. So they lied made everything up. And if they like getting to the lying job performance to say I confess to them, that's great. The state made both of these jail performance to commit perjury, which has been completely covered up for forty one years until now. The first jail performance was named Adolf Mendy. Adolf testified he left Oregon and went to Seattle because he couldn't find a job in Oregon. And his Oregon parole officer, Tucson said, this is what he explained it to him. For 40 years, these people have managed to cover up the documents, showing what really happened. What really happened was that Adolf beat up his Oregon parole officer, beat up the supervisor parole officer when they tried to arrest him on a new burglary charge. He ran out of the parole officer. Ran out of the whole building, ran into the streets of Salem, Oregon, dodged a car, stuck it behind a building, got away, and then he fled to Seattle, Washington. Adolf testified in my trial. He said he was arrested. He admitted he was arrested in Seattle, but lied to the Seattle police by saying somebody had committed a crime. That's amazing. Adolf's false reporting the crime is a crime in itself. But he committed a crime by lying on somebody about the paper crime. While being arrested for lying, he told more lies by giving a fake name. And he continued to lie all the way to the county jail. Adolf's giving a fake name was another crime. After he got to the county jail and saw that none of his lies were working, he started saying, I confess to him. In exchange for claiming I confess to him, he asked that he not be charged for reporting a false crime or for giving a false name. He asked that he just be sent back to work and a place charge there. Then the state agreed and gave one day off what he asked for. Over 40 years, it has been covered up that Adolf was not charged with false reporting or false identity at my trial. Prosecutor Jerry put Adolf up to testify that he did not ask for anything and that he would not give anything for saying I confessed to him. Even though the prosecutor knew Adolf was paid to say those things. Also, for 40 years up until now, it was covered up that Adolf's oral officer warned everybody that Adolf is a pathological liar. The other job. Or it was even worse. 
Joseph Riggs was seen coming out of somebody's house doing a burglary. He was caught, jailed, and charged with the burglary. But later, he was allowed to be guilty to possess the stolen property after Clay Black confessed to him. They covered up that Riggs' work with charge with the possession charge in exchange for his Clay Black confessed to him. Before I gave him the picture, Riggs' probation officer was recommended that Riggs go to prison. His wife was tired of him and wanted her divorce. Riggs testified against me, saying that he was put into the cell with me at about 2 o'clock in the morning because the jail deputy caught him crying. For, for over 40 years, this was covered up, and Riggs was really caught trying to hang himself. When Riggs was put into the cell with me, I told him my charges. And Joel invited to kill anybody. So he did. Then he desperately enough to kill himself in order to get out of jail. He did imagine I confessed to him. And he went and told the police I confessed. He later admitted he knew there was standard jail procedure that prisoners can get released for jail just by claiming a suspected murder. Confessed to him. For 40 years, I put you a It was covered up that when Riggs left my cell, he went straight to the same asylum to resume treatment for psychosis and delusions. Still, he was allowed to come back into my trial and say I'm the best tool. And it was covered up until now. Then after he testified against me, Riggs was taken right back to the same asylum to continue his treatment for psychosis and emotions. Listen, Richard's entire testimony against me was inadmissible under state law because he was in the insane asylum. Ain't no problem. My cell out lawyer, James McLeod, and a deputy prosecutor, Lee Yates, both covered all of this up for 40 years until now. Rich testified that I confessed to him, and then he signed his DNA out of testifying against him. He testified that he would not even mention this testimony when he goes to be sentenced in his own hearing. The prosecutor, Lee Blake, Yates, told my jury that Rich signed his DNA, and he deals with special treatment for his testimony. But now, 40 years later, I found out that at Rick's sentencing hearing, Rick talked about testifying against me and asked for a life sentence. And if that was not enough, now probably returned. Lee Yates went to Rick's sentencing hearing and testified on his behalf about how Rick convicted me and asked that Rick be given leniency for his testimony. This proves they all like my jury. To make Rich look like a credible witness. The police in Oregon even lied on me. And James they the lot, Colton and Fire Attorney, have covered up their lives. During a hearing, weeks before my trial, Deputy Sheriff Lorraine testified he followed standard procedure. Oops. I lost my place. Sorry for the delay. 
of their lives. I could not take a fire. I still remember they went to that seat of the car, other day by July and John before saying I confessed to them. After the state and his foot on his fabricated case, the judge asked him about if there is a defense. My court appointed lawyer, they had got a letter written by the prosecutor, Lee Gates, claiming it was from my probation officer, basically saying, I seem to be an okay guy. My court appointed lawyer then said, the defense rests. Now think about that. James Zimmerman holds against my fellow out of one attorney, put on no defense whatsoever in this first degree aggravated murder trial. Of course, I was found guilty. This same attorney, James Zimmerman, then got on my appeal to cover up his tracks and then keep any other attorney from its closing is working with the prosecutor to make things. Any other attorney would have exposed that Gates was in their bank asylum. Would have exposed that Gates testified and was investigated to get his latency in his own case after telling my jury he was not getting latency in his own case. Any other attorney would have exposed that Adolph was paid by the state by not charging him for lying to Seattle police. And it would have exposed that when he beat up his Oregon parole officers, fled Oregon, and lied by jury life. And the other attorney would have brought this out. So this attorney who helped the state do this stuff had to get on my field and keep me from getting any other attorney. I objected to him not being on my field. I requested another appeal attorney, but this sellout appointed attorney of mine objected to my request, and he desperately argued against my wanting a different attorney. He convinced the appeals court to let him stay on my appeal and not give me a different lawyer. Lamont submitted an appeal brief. It looked like it was written by the prosecutor saying the appeal should be dismissed. Because the lot did everything he could to help me. There was nothing more than I could do. Perfect. The appeals court said I could do my own appeal. Then Washington State Penitentiary officials put me in solitary confinement. And after the solitary confinement, Captain Richard Morgan talked to the prosecutor in my, in my case about my trying to do my own appeal brief. Morgan's solitary confinement guard then took all of my transcripts and all of my legal papers away from me and physically stopped me doing my appeal. They kept me in solitary confinement by doing things like throwing up one food at me and saying it would be throwing up food at them when they were just trying to please me. They recommended not to see my psychiatrist. When that backfired on them, when the psychiatrist, Cliff Owens, came to talk to me at my cell, I proved to them that I did not do my food. The fool's platters were on the outside of my cell door at a downward angle. Somebody standing above my door, throwing food down 
other people that are dirty with long clothes and all that was That was not enough time to appeal a conviction for aggravated murder. I request some more time to move on feel free. The law says a prisoner must be given at least 45 days before the appeal free. But in my case, the appeal court refused me any more time. And again, that's my appeal. I could not do my appeal in 20 minutes. That's crazy. All things considered, some people would say, I never really had a child. I never really had a jail. This is an aggravated murder case. I've never had an attorney to do a single plea in my defense before trial, during trial, after trial, on appeal, or at least any other time. I've been incarcerated 31 years, and I've never had an attorney say a single word on my behalf. My trial attorney got on my appeal and got my appeal dismissed in order to cover up that he was working with the prosecutor to help convict And when I was sent to prison, these prison officials kept me in solitary confinement, blocked my legal mail, with some of them Wait. 
America thinks about this. And again, if you would like to know more details, please speak to me. Hey, that's not bad. 